White Cloud feed to the right, back in front. White Cloud scores! White Cloud bearing down on the goal, straight down the middle. Went to the outside right for Stone. Stone tapped it right back to White Cloud. The righty rips it home. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael, nine seconds through the left circle. Number nine closing in. He scores! It's an overtime winner. Jack Eichel, 2-1 Golden Knights with six seconds to go. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You're looking at the overall standings, and what do you see? The Vegas Golden Knights on top of the National Hockey League with a 12-2 and record. The streak is eight games in a row. They've won five in a row on the road, and the first four games of this current road trip, which will wrap up tomorrow night against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, and Chris Chapman, who used to be the voice of the fans on the VGK Insider Show, but is facing a suspension on his game rating uh, after only giving last night's uh, performance over the Toronto Maple Leafs a 4 out of 5. You can vote on that over on Twitter with Ryan the Hockey Guy and say yes or no, his privileges should be revoked. Uh, we'll update you on that as we we go along, but the points percentage for the Vegas Golden Knights right now is 857. It is just blindsidingly crazy, unsoakable. It's just, I, I can't come up with anything that can describe how effective this performance is. Yeah, it's dominant is what it is. It's, uh, you know, a points percentage, 8.57, best in the NHL right now, 12-2-0, 24 points out of their first 14 games. Any metric you want to put on it, any way you want to talk about it, the Golden Knights have been a dominant team in terms of putting and banking points away. So, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of hard to believe, but, you know, ever since you kind of brought up to me, Darren, that, this is kind. Of, this is what we expected the Golden Knights to be last season. Um, I'm starting to talk myself into looking at this in a, in a little bit of a different way. In that, this is the Golden Knights early on this year, kind of showing the world what they can be if they're if they're reaching their potential. What an interesting collection of teams that are also off to great starts. The Boston Bruins coaching change. I know that because Vegas Golden Knights have their old coach in Bruce Cassidy. New Jersey Devils have the third best record in the National Hockey League with 10 wins in the first 13 games. New York Islanders, who missed the playoffs last year, having to endure that atrocious road trip to start, and they never did recover. Fourth best record at 9-5. and five. And then Seattle, who have won five in a row for the first time in their franchise history. Those are your top five. Who do you think is the most surprising out of that group? And who do you think the rest of the National Hockey League looks at this uh, top five as the most surprising? Because I think there's two different answers there. Well, so the team that I look at and say is most surprising is the Boston Bruins. And the only reason I'm going to say Boston is because you've got a new coach and you had 
injuries to start the year to key players. Brad Marchand not in the lineup at the beginning of the year. Charlie McAvoy not in the lineup at the beginning of the year. This was a very different look for the Boston Bruins, and they had a lot of really good talent not in the lineup. I figured if there was going to be a time where they were going to start behind the eight ball and it was going to catch up with them, it would be at the beginning of the year. It hasn't been. From an NHL-wide perspective, I'm going with either Seattle or New Jersey, probably more Seattle, because I don't think a lot of people expected Seattle to be at the 14-game mark of this season, one of the fifth-best teams or the fifth-best team in the league from a points percentage uh, perspective. So uh, I think Seattle's probably one of the answers, and for me it's it's probably the NHL-wide 12 and 2, 11 and 2. I'm not uh, going to say that I expected that out of Vegas or Boston. No way. But to see them uh, on top of the standings right now, it's not a big shocker to me uh, that those uh, those teams, because Boston won over 50 games last year, uh, have a new voice. That helps out uh, things in, in getting everybody dialed in. Vegas is healthy. Uh, they had a complete offseason. They should be back. They should be better. They've got a new voice uh, that's got them uh, uh, aligned right. Uh, I, I think that those are teams that if you really took a solid step back at the start of the season, you would have expected uh, something because they, in the last couple of years, have been teams that have been contending uh, for their division title. New Jersey hasn't been in the mix for a while. New York Islanders went to -to back-to-back Stanley Cup semifinals, conference championship series. They should be back in there. Got uh, derailed by their their rink uh, last season and Seattle their second year in existence. So f- for biggest surprise, it's Seattle and it's New Jersey, and you can make that a pick 'em between the two. Uh, Seattle did not deliver on what we uh, or the hockey world wanted from them last year, but they've won five in a row and actually have have been good despite a sluggish start this season. weren't great in the first couple of games. Uh, but on a league-wide level, it's Vegas. Nobody nobody expected this from Vegas because of the goaltending. And it's come through, and the Golden Knights have come through. Chapman. I'm going to throw another team in the mix. I don't think they're as big of a surprise as the Golden Knights at 12-2, and two, but the Winnipeg Jets are, are really hold playing on, well. Hold on, I, I just ran down the top five. Yeah, yeah, but... but and said the biggest surprise... <laughs> I'm, and we were we were we were only choosing from the top five. You can't go to the to the sixth team and throw they, them in there they, when they we're have, only picking from the top five. They have Hold seventeen on. points. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Chapman, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a slight edge in this one. Both the New York Islanders and Seattle Kraken have the exact same points percentage, so really they're tied for fourth, which would mean that the Winnipeg Jets are your... Well, I'm throwing them in the mix because not only do they have a new coach, but they have a new coach <laughs> who was out for a handful of games dealing with COVID. So yeah, they have an associate coach in Scotty Arneal. So, so, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, that they're a big... And they have three losses, one overtime loss, two of them <clears throat> to Vegas. Listen... Listen, you, you just violated the whole it's not, it's not violated. process. And, and <laughs> what you've done Darren's is you've just added Darren, to Darren it. Darren talking about lists no, is mad. You've added to <laughs> the ammunition that you should be suspended this is, from the voter. Add this. Oh, Unbelievable. This, so, we're, ra- okay, we're rating so, the top so five. Have, the biggest surprise. of the top five. Of the top hold five. On, hold and, on, hold and, on, hold and, on. Darren, I need see, to understand. Hold on a second. We got the top five. And we vote from the top five, yeah. and Chapman goes 
to the six. <clears throat> he interrupts me. He's waving his hand around in here like he's trying to bring in a plane mm-hmm. at McCarran mm-hmm. Airport to <laughs> gate D thirty four. And yep. he and he when I finally let him talk. He steps outside. No, the but tech, technically, not, Winnipeg is fifth. No, it's due, not due because there's the five teams. Oh. They, they automatically look at a golf leaderboard. Listen, they look be, at a be, golf leaderboard and could, see what happens. This isn't golf. <laughs> it's can, not golf. Can, the guy who makes I, the top five just, list with four can teams. I just say, right, right. Like the the <laughs> irony of all of this, the the hilarity of of Darren, who was in charge of a top five list and only listed four names on his top five, is now mad and upset that you, Chapman, have decided that you're going to add a six team into a top five, who's technically, right. from a points percentage perspective, actually in the top five. Listen. I, I omitted a team. I didn't add anybody in. You had to be good. You had to be excellent to get into my list. But on I didn't just grant participation. So are you saying the Winnipeg here. Jets aren't good? Not good enough to be in the top five right now. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights beat the Toronto Maple Leafs they're, last night in overtime. They're 3-0 and in overtime. They've got a nice little run going in mm-hmm. extra time. They don't even need the shootout. Yeah. And Elliot said it best last night. There was a 0% chance. Talking about Darren Elliott uh, of of that game last night, getting to a shootout, it didn't even get to the thirty yeah. second mark. Like mm, it, no. it didn't have a no, chance. It, and it wasn't going to. He he was right on the money. Yeah, no, not at all. And you know, for the Golden Knights, three and zero in overtime, it, it certainly helps when you've got Jack Eichel and Shea Theodore. And and to me, like uh, Shea Theodore is. It, it has a point, I believe, on every single goal scored by the Golden Knights in those three victories in overtime. So if you're ever trying to play the overtime hero, uh, you, you, you're never going in the wrong direction when you pick Shea Theodore. It was a beautiful forehand, backhand, roof goal by Riley Smith last night for the game-winning goal. He had an opportunity in the second period, was chased down and took a shot from farther out. Do you think the winning play was able to gain any knowledge going into that breakaway from the earlier chance that he had in the game? I I feel like the the right answer, or at least the answer I think Riley would give is yes, because he's just the type of player that I think thinks the game's at such a high level that he'll remember his missed opportunities or he'll remember what move he went to and if it was successful and if it wasn't, I think that he can play on that even within the context of a game. I think the way that his brain works and he he loves to look at video is having that opportunity in the second period, God gave him a jump start. He was already in that position. So when he got the breakaway in overtime, he'd already run through the data. And, okay, what am I doing? What do I see? Where should I go? And he loves that backhand uh, to the roof move. And it it probably gave him a little bit more comfort uh, with it, if you can say comfort in a rink with 18,000 people screaming at you as uh, the opposition's trying to chase you down and, and check you. But uh, I, I think there is a bit of comfort uh, in having that earlier opportunity uh, for for the Vegas School of the Knights. They have an opportunity now to win five straight on the road if they beat the Buffalo Sabres tomorrow night. The Buffalo game at the end of the road trip is the perfect game 
for the Vegas Golden Knights. The last game of the road trip, they've got four wins in the bank. It's easy to be a little bit more relaxed. Nobody's doing it on purpose, but it's easy to be uh, a little laissez-faire going into tomorrow night, the last game of the road trip. But you have a huge game for your teammate, Jack Eichel, who's playing great. You've got this incredible room coming together, all kinds of support across uh, that 23-player group. I think it being Buffalo and his second time back will bring all the focus to make sure that they're ready to play for Jack tomorrow night instead of being okay with four out of five games. Yeah, I don't think that there's any any Vegas Golden Knight hockey player going into tomorrow's game saying, you know what, we've already got eight out of ten, we're good. I think tomorrow night is an absolute game that everybody in that room wants to win, not just for themselves, but especially for Jack Eichel. And I I don't look at tomorrow as being any type of game where the Golden Knights do not bring their best effort or their best 60 minutes. I think that tomorrow night for the Vegas Golden Knights is a defining game in a lot of ways, not just for them as a hockey club, but certainly for Jack Eichel as an individual. And I think everyone's going to be all hands on deck and pulling on the right, uh, pulling on the rope it together to try to get a win for Jack. I think it's really similar to my theory that Vegas being off to this great start this year is what we expected last season, but because of the injuries and uh, all the uh, the drama and the players being uh, out of the lineup, short-staffed, and uh, being uh, just uh, so tired by the end of it and uh, debilitated because of uh, of of the stress on the the body and the mind uh, that they weren't able to do it uh, last year in Buffalo. They were done. They were they were at their they were just trying to hold it together at that point. You you hardly had time to to focus on the significance of that game. This time around, they're firing. They're ready. They're together. They're confident. And it is the the it's a year late, but it's very similar to what's going on as a team right now. Yeah, and you know, it, it was unfortunate, right, for, for Jack to kind of have that first experience in Buffalo B um, you know, last season where he, he was kind of it. He was the guy. Everyone else was was more or less out of the lineup. And um I, I look at this as the true test, right? You got Jack Eichel going into Buffalo with a full complement of Vegas Golden Knights surrounding him, him playing some of the best hockey that he's played. Uh, certainly as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights, and certainly uh, you could argue over the the last year. I I don't think that tomorrow night's going to be a a bad game uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights or Jack Eichel. I I just look at this, and everything's lining up right now with Jack playing so well. The Golden Knights on an eight-game win streak uh, going into this one and really putting the hammer down against an opponent that has, has been good to decent over the course of the first month or so of the season, uh, but is is hitting a little bit of a rut, and I think the Golden Knights can expose that. I wouldn't want, and this road trip started against the Washington Capitals. I wouldn't want the Washington Capitals to finish up this road trip because there's not like yeah. Chandler's yeah. been back a number of times. It's just, there's a lot of separation between that. Yeah, I know you got the first year in the Stanley Cup, but uh, enough time has passed. There's there's not a lot of galvanizing uh, fuel there to get everybody up and ready to finish out the road trip 
perfectly. And everybody's saying that, but uh, there, there's a human nature part of this uh, that's at play. Uh, Ottawa, Montreal, no. Uh, Toronto, uh, that, that's a dangerous one to wrap it up uh, against Toronto. When you know you're going home, you got one day at home before you got to get back at it. Like Saturday's game, that's Saturday's game. I think is going to be tougher than tomorrow night, to be quite honest. Uh, they play the St. Yeah. Louis Blues at T-Mobile Arena after uh, just having one day after two weeks away from uh, everybody else. And everybody's head's going to be spinning uh, back with uh, with family and, and those with uh, with young kids. But the, the idea that you're going to face this rivalry game uh, a year, almost uh, a year to the date of the trade, uh, Vegas and Buffalo tomorrow night gets Everybody and they'll be doing the same thing, for sure. But one team's more talented than the other. One team's at a different spot in in their in their process, and we're we're seeing that uh, certainly uh, play out in the last uh, last week. Uh, I think it's it's awesome, and it does Bruce Cassidy a a, a lot of favors to make sure that uh, that they're ready to play. Now they they've been ready to play at the start. In uh, Bruce was asked last night uh, if there's something that stands out on this winning streak? There isn't, to be honest with you. I think it's, I guess, our, our balance, uh, if that can answer the question. Like I said, our power play was has picked up lately, been good tonight, didn't give us juice when we needed it, but our penalty kill did. And earlier, our penalty kill we had to pick up because it wasn't, you know, so uh, both goalies have played well, um, different people scoring. So there, there's not really one thing. There really isn't. Um, and sometimes that's good, right? It means you're just the group is is leaning on each other, and whoever's turn it is, it is. I, I would say that probably Nick Waz line has been a really big part of uh, of our success, and it showed early tonight. They've been able to get us off and up and running. Darren Elliott's K Rock line: Colasar, Carrier, and Wah. Loving it. Uh, they are making it happen. And, and goals per line, they're the third line. Minutes. It's yeah. it's still uh, a battle uh, to to get up into third line territory, uh, but they they start periods. They've been really good at the start of periods. Uh, you you saw that last night. But they're being able to uh, now jump on and create really significant chances uh, during the game. And if they keep this going, you you might not see Nick Waugh jump up to the third line if there's somebody coming in or moving around to the lineup. You might see the K-Rock line move to third-line territory and the others move down to fourth-line minutes, which wouldn't be, which is a reward for the wall line. That, that would be a sure. pat in the back for the wall line, which, based on this road trip, is much deserved. Yeah, I mean you've you've got a fourth line now that, as you mentioned, Darren is is producing and and impacting the game the way that you would expect a typical third line to impact the game and produce for you. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that that's too far off. If the Golden Knights and specifically Nick Waugh, Will Carrier, and Keegan Colasar continue to get their looks and their opportunities, continue to be strong, structured defensively and they're able to continue to execute and bury their chances when they get them, then I, I think that an uptick in ice time might be in order, and you might be looking at the Golden Knights' best third line if they get to that level. Now, Buffalo's doing it again. They got off to a great start, and they've dropped their last three. <laughs> Where yeah. do we see Buffalo right now? 
Uh, I don't view them any differently than I usually view the Buffalo Sabres. I, I view this team as a team that gets off to great starts and then everything just kind of falls apart in uh, in, in about middle November to early December. Um, but where do you see them at the I end of the, the year? the Sabres have – I don't see them as a playoff team. I see no. them outside the playoffs. I, I, I'd like to believe that the Buffalo Sabres will be playing some meaningful hockey in February, March, but I, I don't know that they're there right now i really don't i think that you know once owen power gets more comfortable and and is you know has maybe a season or so under his belt at the nhl level um they'll they'll be a team that's ready to take a step but i don't think their step is is going to be until next season I, I just don't see it yeah they're, they're just on the edge of the wild card spot right now and you're starting to get to the point where you can look at things like that they've played 13 games uh, i had a chance to talk to alex tuck and uh the podcast the chirp podcast this week uh, has alex tuck and jack eichel in it separately but uh but both of them are are in it uh, you'll love uh, some of what tuck says about the jerseys and the sweaters that they're wearing that they're reverse retro and the new uh red third jerseys that they've come out but uh but he he is along the same line as as you is they they're expected to take a step this year with their group and the acquisitions that they've made and uh hopefully some better goaltending to be in the mix at the trade deadline and to be able to be competitive and not just uh, games that the other team is counting on getting points out of because they want to stay in their own respective uh, race uh, for a playoff spot. But I, they're not to the point where they're asking themselves to be and putting pressure on themselves a challenge for a postseason berth. So this, this is definitely a, an advantage game for Vegas that, you want to be able to walk in there and and be able to exit those with those two points without uh, a lot of undue challenge. Yeah, I I think again, you know, for the Golden Knights, you you just you have to go into this game and and treat it like you have a, every other game that you've played against a, a team that you know you are and should be better than over the course of 60 minutes. And they've done it multiple times. They did it to Ottawa. They did it to Montreal. Uh, I would expect no different here against Buffalo. I know the Sabres are going to be up for this game. I know that if Buffalo's looking at this objectively, losing three themselves, they're looking at the Golden Knights coming in on an eight-game win streak. They want to be the team that halts that. They want to be the team that sends the Golden Knights home with a bad taste in their mouth after a very successful start to a five-game road trip. And for the Golden Knights, you're going to have to, to, to mitigate that and, and find a way past it. And I think the start of the game is going to be so important for Vegas. And they've been so, so good in the first period um, at, at really attacking and taking the game over through the first 20 minutes that I don't think that's going to be too much of a problem for Vegas. It's going to be a great environment. Games in Buffalo, yep. when the fans are, are into it, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, I love it. And it should be a fantastic uh, hockey game tomorrow night with Jack Eichel coming back for the second time. Uh, Tuck feeling better about his game. Uh, he's certainly been off to a good start, uh, adding the likes of uh, what you mentioned, power, but also the, the balance uh, with the Golden Knights. Uh, it, it, I'm looking forward to it. It's ESPN is picked up the game on ESPN Plus and Hulu. Uh, they're going to handle the TV side. Why? Because Jack Eichel's going back, and there's uh, there's some uh, been some animosity there. Uh, we know that between the the franchise and the player, uh, things I think have have calmed 
a little bit on that front, which I'm uh, I'm excited about and and glad to see. But it's still going to be uh, a charged environment tomorrow night. And that's why you get a national network uh, picking that game up. If you if you want to listen to the game, though, Fox Sports Las Vegas uh, is the place to be. Uh, face off just after four o'clock on uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas pregame show with uh, with Ryan Wallace uh, at three. It's it's an opportunity on both sides uh, to really make a statement. Eichel one nine game winning streak potentially is number two. There's a there's a lot to go for for the Vegas Golden Knights, and then just keep it rolling. Like tomorrow night's not a trap game. I'll be the first one to to no. throw that that term out there. Tomorrow night is mm-hmm. not a trap game because of the Eichel factor. There's enough yeah. going on around this game that has people's attention that is not lying there and wait where you might give uh, uh, be distracted or not be able to have your game right at the start Saturday. That's a trap game coming home. First game after a five-game yeah. road trip, and you're facing a struggling team in the St. Louis Blues, which I still consider a pretty good hockey club, but going through uh, a, a real challenging stretch. That one has got trap game written all over it. But tomorrow night, there's no reason, especially after not winning a year ago, there's no reason why Vegas doesn't come out and be right on its game early. No, there, there absolutely isn't, and I'm, I'm with you 100%. I don't think tomorrow's a trap game at all. I, if the Golden Knights are going to – there's there's 0% chance in my mind that the Golden Knights are going to be looking past the Buffalo Sabres going into the game tomorrow. You know how much this one means to Jack Eichel, especially because it didn't go well last year in his return to Buffalo. Uh, there, in no way, shape, or form do I view this as a trap game, and you know, I, I think that even if you're able to get – you know this this win streak up to nine while traditionally you look at saturday as a trap game i think that this team's going to be highly highly motivated against a blues team that is struggling to find a way to get that that uh, win streak up to 10 and match the franchise record i'll talk about it a little bit more on friday we're back at uh, virgin hotel on friday can't wait for that uh to do the show from uh from over there in the strip and uh, be able to talk to uh, everybody checking in and going around for the weekend and if you're local come by say hi Uh, i would love to talk to you between four and six on friday the vgk insider show at virgin hotel uh i'll tell you why Saturday is going to be a challenge, no matter what happens tomorrow night uh, with the Buffalo Sabers. But uh, when it comes to the, to the Sabers, they're they're uh, Vegas ready to rock, lock this thing down. You got an opportunity yep. that that very few players ever get to sweep a road trip with as many games as five. That's awesome. Now, there's one team that can beat that. And that's the Arizona Coyotes. They're in the midst of a 14-game road trip, and they're undefeated. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, news and notes uh, with one-timers around the National Hockey League. And I also have some tickets to give away in the next segment. Yay. We'll bring you up to date uh, with uh, what's happening on that front as we roll on on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Edmonton Oilers will be without Evander Kane for a couple of months. Uh, he was cut last night on his arm and had to have uh, some, uh, obviously, repairs done. 
Uh, doesn't sound like there's any tendon damage, which is great, uh, but uh, he's been placed on long-term injury uh, reserve for the Edmonton Oilers. It was ugly, and thankfully, everybody was uh, was ready to go, and all the medical people were reacted uh, accordingly. Yeah, just a, a, an unfortunate accident, certainly last night for Evander Kane, and uh, the the only thing is is thankfully. Um, everybody that was there all the medics everyone that was able to tend to him was able to do it in such a quick fashion and he was able to be stabilized and is now on the mend so um you you just you you know that this is a game where things like that can happen and thankfully it's a, it's a good scenario and a good outcome for Evander Kane as he re- rehabilitates and gets himself ready to play again and it was the flukiest of injury and it yeah. it's one of those ones where you just go how does that not happen more where he gets tied up with the player on the sideboards and then Patrick Maroon skates by and ends up just uh, uh, stepping on, on, on his wrist and uh, away you go. He's jumps up and he knew it right away. But a lot of times those, those cuts are so clean that you don't even know you're, you're necessarily hurt for a couple of seconds. till you check it out, but there is, there's blood right away. And, yeah. I give give Evander credit for getting up, skating right to his bench, and away you go. But uh, uh, that will be uh, something that will affect the Edmonton Oilers and their offense, uh, certainly going forward, and whether they can uh, get through that with minimal disruption to their team. Uh, we also have uh, some news from Yuri Slavkovsky. He's the first overall pick in the National Hockey League draft. Taken by the mm-hmm. Montreal Canadiens. He's the second Montreal player to be suspended for two games for a boarding incident in less mm-hmm. than a week. The first yeah. was Josh Anderson, who hit Alex Petrangelo. We know how ugly that was. Well, last night, Slavkovsky hit uh, Matt Ruff of the Detroit Red Wings, or Matt Luff, sorry, uh, of the Detroit Red Wings, and it was. It was more egregious, to be quite honest. It was straight from the numbers, almost in, in the same spot in a rink uh, that Petrangelo oh, was hit, and uh, and Slavkovsky will go down uh, for two games. And Luff, he's going to be gone upwards of three months with a wrist injury. Yeah, just brutal, obviously for for Matt Luff. But uh, you're you're right on the money there, Darren. It was really really brutal to watch. Um, in my opinion, it was certainly a worse hit optically than the one Josh Anderson levied on Alex Petrangelo, and uh, Uri Slavkovsky earned every bit of that two-game suspension. I wouldn't have been upset if it was maybe another game just because it was square in the numbers, square in the back, had time to pull up, um, just no real need for that hit in the game, for sure. A Minnesota Wild forward, Kirill Kaprizov, he's not scoring right now. They, they haven't yep. scored the last couple of games. They're looking at being shut out for the third straight game for the first time in franchise history, and that's a franchise that's been around since uh, 2000. So that uh, that's new. But Kaprizov is, is uh, doubling down on the disappointing part of it because he had to pay a $5,000 fine for mm-hmm. roughing Drew Doughty. This is one where yeah. I could have saw a suspension coming as he... Turned around with one hand on his stick in a battle with Drew Doughty and gave him a, a punch to the face. It, he's lucky the stick didn't catch Drew, or yeah. else it would have been 
I believe, a, a suspension. But uh, a $5,000 fine for Kirill Kaprizov against Drew Doughty, and uh, Minnesota lost that game. Yeah, they're doing a lot of losing right now. Um, it, I'm torn on this one because, it, like, Drew Doughty was giving Kaprizov a pretty rough ride um, in the in the moments, the, the seconds leading to Kaprizov turning around and, you know, throwing uh, – what was a two-handed chop toward Drew Doughty's face. Fortunately for Kaprizov and for Drew Doughty, it was the glove and not the stick that made uh, contact with Drew. But I, I feel like that play is eliminated if you know, the referees just call one of the three cross checks from Drew Doughty to Kirill Kaprizov before Kaprizov gets so frustrated, he they turns around and tries to whack Drew Doughty in the face. So, um, like if you're Kirill Kaprizov, you can't do that. But you know, if you, if you just call the penalties initially on Drew Doughty, it avoids that entire situation. No victim sympathy for uh, Kaprizov, who is the listen assailant. I love Drew Doughty, and I I think if you're going to get away with multiple cross checks, by all means, go ahead and do your thing. But that entire situation should have been and could have been avoided if you just call one of the three cross checks from Drew Doughty in the first place. Colorado Avalanche, we know how valuable Valerie Nachushkin is with their team because we witnessed it firsthand when the Avalanche yep. rolled through earlier this season. Well, he's going to be gone. He's that leading goal scorer. He's going to have ankle surgery. He's going to be out a month. Uh, more challenges to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they're, they're into survival mode right now. Bo Byram is out uh, a little bit. Uh, they're, they're challenged from an injury perspective this early in the season. Yeah, that's not ideal for the Colorado Avalanche. It's not, in my opinion, anything to to be too concerned about because I just I do still believe this team has too much talent to to get themselves into a a hole. But you know, without Val Nichushkin and with Gabe Landeskog still not with the team, um, it becomes a little bit thinner and a tougher road for Colorado. But uh, one that I think if, if you get elevated games out of, say, Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, I think you'll be just fine. Boston's getting healthier. Brad Marchand back. We've talked about that. He's starting to yep. play uh, home road. Uh, next step is is back-to-back. I'm not sure when their next back-to-back is. Uh, now Charlie McAvoy could return as soon as tomorrow night against the Calgary Flames. Uh, he hasn't played all year, and uh, and that just adds to their their arsenal. They've said that uh, he's checking a lot of boxes, and well, uh, that's really optimistic considering the last time a player was about to return, they said Brad Marchant wasn't going to play for another month, and play in the next night. So if they're yeah. if they're leaning towards him being in the lineup, I'd say it's a uh, pretty much a guarantee that McAvoy will start tomorrow night against the uh, the Philadelphia or the uh, Calgary Flames. Yeah, uh, Mike Riley was also placed on waivers, so it, it seems a pretty strong indication that Charlie McAvoy is going to be available and in the lineup tomorrow for uh, Boston. And a good team just got better because of it. So I will continue to say until I'm proven wrong. I think the Boston Bruins are a good hockey team. That's a weird one because they they they're gonna have trouble keeping that kind of record going but they're getting people back so you almost feel like you should get better when you get people back but it's impossible to keep that kind of pace up so it's a it's great but it also sends a mixed message hey toronto maple leafs 
welcoming Matt Murray back to practice today. First time since sustaining a uh, adductor muscle injury on October 15th in a in a morning skate, which I still completely don't understand how he gets hurt in, in these situations. But he's only played one uh, game this year uh, for the Toronto yep. Maple Leafs. And they're without Ilya Samsonov right now. Uh, we know that uh, Eric Schalgren played great last night uh, against Vegas. Uh, but... Uh, but that's a, that's a good sign for the Toronto Maple Leafs getting their number one goaltender or perceived number one goaltender back. Well, it certainly makes it uh, it certainly shores some things up for Toronto, assuming Matt Murray can stay healthy, and that's been the biggest question mark surrounding Matt Murray over the last two or three seasons that he's had in the NHL. Is can he stay healthy, given the fact that he played one game and then got hurt in a morning skate? I think I need to see a couple more games of full health for Matt Murray before I start to say, okay, the Toronto Maple Leafs are okay in goal. I'm going to pause one-timer, 702-876-1340. Caller number 12 gets one pair of tickets to see the Vegas Golden Knights against the San Jose Sharks next week. 702-876-1340. A pair of tickets waiting for you if you're caller number 12. Chapman's ready to go. He's, he's really nervous. If you're the winning caller, take it easy on him because he's about to be suspended from his game rating duties on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, Islanders came back from two down for the second straight game uh, last night. They've won seven of eight. They're playing better. The Canucks have settled things down. They're 4-1-1 one, one in the last six after that disappointing start. How about the Philadelphia Flyers? They have seven wins in their first 12. And Felix Sandstrom, goaltender, won for the first time in his career in his ninth game. Tell me that wasn't starting to get to him a little bit. Yeah, probably. Like that. Probably. Um, Bind swirling I, around him. Oh. Yeah, I. I you can you can sell me all you want to on the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm not buying. Really? I'm not going what do you think of their Cooper Alls? Oh, I loved them. I wish they were in a game. The CCM Honestly, Pro Pack. Like, they were fantastic. I loved get, kind of getting to see all the all the video and all the pictures from warm up. All I wanted were were those Cooper Alls in a game. I didn't get it. I'm a little sad, but I'll take the throwback anytime I can get it. I wonder if they asked the players. Do you guys want to? Do you guys want to go out with them? I wonder if they they'd vote in favor of it or whether it's like that's eh, fun for the warm up. We're good. Well, I I mean it when the when the reverse retro jersey was announced for Philadelphia, it was announced that they would wear the Cooperalls during warm ups every single time they wore those jerseys. So I think it's kind of a, a thing that's already been decided. But oh, I know, I know. Um, but if you if you ask the just, players. Yeah, like oh, guys, I, I what, what do you think? Let should we wear these out for for a game? What what, what <laughs> they'd actually they say? <laughs> I think the players would for sure. Uh, Arizona won the first two games of their fourteen game road trip. Oh, should boy. they ever go back to Phoenix? No, no. But I mean, that's that's a story for another day, Darren. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Just wondering. Back, first everybody. two games of a fourteen game. I'm happy for them. Uh, Blues. Dropped to three and eight. Yep, they've done a lot of stuff. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. There, uh, big trade. I think they make a big trade before anything is done with the, with the coach. The Senators have now lost six straight. 
So a few of these teams that were off to good starts are coming back uh, to the pack. Uh, one more pair of tickets. You didn't expect this, did you? I'm surprising everybody because they're, they're all like, ah, oh, I didn't win. Caller number 6 to 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. We will send you and a friend, or it could be an enemy if you want to hang out with your enemies, to next week's San Jose game. Uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights at the Fortress. Catching up with Chapman, and we'll find out if he's suspended from a game rating duties for uh, one game on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. Uh I'm, I know you're a big sports fan, so I'm assuming that you saw this, but the Indianapolis Colts hired, well, they fired their coach earlier in the week, and they hired an analyst with no coaching experience to be their coach. Now, I know that years and years ago, the Toronto Blue Jays, they, they fired their coach and they hired uh, their analyst to be their... Buck, Mar- Buck Martinez. Yeah, their manager. That did not work very, very well. He's now the analyst again. Yes. Uh, but I, I, I'm trying to think of like a situation where you would hire somebody like that just to just just, just to coach in, in a sport in, in, in the NFL. It happened, like, it happened but, last year in hockey. Martin St. Louis. But yep. you don't only coach this kid's team. <laughs> so it's the same type yep. of thing. Yes. It's, un, it, it, it's head-scratching yep. to me because I feel like the NFL, you, you probably need some sort of coaching experience uh you know it, it just doesn't make sense to me it's I like i can tell you we'll all be watching yeah well the good news for the, the, for the raiders is they play here in vegas this this sunday so uh opportunity for the raiders to maybe pick up a win because they i think they need some wow if you don't win that game oh boy doesn't it they uh, just create all uh, kinds uh, of questions well there's already all sorts and now if you, no, you, no, you no. combine that oh Beyond what what this is circulating at this point, the current situation, I don't even want to think about what happens if the Raiders lose. You this got game. no choice but to make moves if you don't beat the Colts this yeah, weekend. Yeah, it's it's like yikes. How do you? Uh, how would you explain it? I, I I don't know. And Raiders not not playing well. Did not do well. well sometimes under- you have to make hard decisions. Yeah, if people don't. Perform the way they should. I I know there's oh, gotta boy. be a. You, go. you sometimes you have there's to make a, difficult decisions. There's a segue. I knew it. There's a segue that Darren is trying to hit right it's, now. It's a good segue. I like it. I, I applaud it. So the poll is up, performed by Ryan, great. the hockey guy. Ryan, let's get yeah. one final update. Okay. Is this the the absolute final update? Like this this determines whether or not Chapman's privileges are revoked. Yes. Okay, Darren, you lose fifty-two percent to forty-eight uh, percent. Chapman should not have his privileges revoked for refusing to give last night's game a DeLorean. I think you should still have your privileges well, revoked because you didn't win by a certain you, margin. Oh, now you're moving no, the goalposts. I should, I should, goal. I should have put that in place. That's, that's that classic. He, this is classic, Darren <laughs> Millard. That you should have had. I'm to confident. Get, I'm going to win. Yeah. I'm going to be right. Wait a minute. I didn't win. How can I? How can I find a way to massage? It this? shouldn't have been a simple fifty oh percent. Well, 
the the good news is I won't be here on Friday, so in a way, it's almost like I'm already kind of suspended. I I'm going to text you okay. just so I can get your game rating, <laughs> so I can make sure that you are getting that game rating in, Chapman. I like that. I appreciate about this, that. Yep. If Jack Eichel scores a hat trick tomorrow night, mm-hmm. Rita's got a whole new career going. Rita's going to be on at, my pregame show if that happens. After calling right the shorty with Carlson and Smith last night and then saying she sees Jack Eichel scoring a hat trick tomorrow night, I'm cheering for it, baby. VGK Insider Show taking tomorrow off for the game.